Hi friends, this week's episode is sponsored by Corda. Lighting a candle during prayer time has a long tradition in our faith, and it's a beautiful way to help you stay present and focused during prayer as you listen for God's voice. Corda offers 23 different Catholic candles, including ones inspired by Saints Therese of Lisieux, Francis of Assisi, Joan of Arc, Joseph, Our Lady, and even Saints inspired by Memento Mori, Divine Mercy, and the Divine Office. When you burn a Corda candle, the custom saint scent they've created reminds you of the holy men and women who have come before us, connecting you to the saints in a real concrete way. Plus, each candle is made by hand in the heartland with great ingredients, including their natural coconut wax blend and clean fragrances. If you'd like to create a place of peace and prayer in your home and draw closer to the saints, please check out cordacandles.com. I love my Corda candle. It seems to be burning forever, and I can't wait for the new one to arrive. It's called Sweeter Than Wine, based on the Song of Songs with cedar, pomegranate, and apple. There's lots of customer reviews on the website, plus information about Corda's wedding options, fundraisers, and also special discounts for organizations looking for a meaningful gift for their staff, clients, donors, and volunteers. You can explore Corda's beautiful Catholic candles and through October 31st, 2023, save 10% with code ABIDE. That's A-B-I-D-E at CordaCandles.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, season 13, and we are diving right in. And we mentioned to you last week that we're going to start a series on prayer, and we have an amazing, wonderful guest that we can't wait for you to meet. But before we do that, Heather and Michelle, how's it going? Heather, you just you just like flew in. You were busy, and like you just came in like a whirlwind right there. I did. You know, Costco happened. That's what <laughs> happened. And I thought it was going to be faster than it was. Seemingly everybody was going to Costco today. They all were. And was, so yeah. I came in literally like seconds before our guest, and I was just like, <gasps> like gasping for air. And here we are. You know, we just got to yeah. come in really sp- now I feel like act like it was really smooth, but it wasn't. This is real life, people. We're just trying to do this work that the Lord has asked us to do in the midst of everything else that's happening in life. So I'm sure many of our listeners can relate. We can all understand. Michelle, how are you this afternoon? Uh, I'm the same with Heather. Like 20 minutes ago, I got a call from one of the kids' schools. He's sick. Come pick him up. And so I raced to the school, picked him up, mm. got him all settled in bed. I'm like, okay, are you good now? Okay, good. I got to go record a podcast. All right, good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Keep warm and well fed. We'll come back. Yeah, you. I love yeah. you. <laughs> call me if you need me. You know, text me and I'll come. And so there you go. But it's all good. Oh. Well, we're so delighted to be here, and I just want to introduce our guest. Our guest for the next two episodes is Father Boniface Hicks, who is a Benedictine monk of the St. Vincent Arch Abbey in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. 
this man has done all things. He has done all things well. He's the director of Institute for Ministry Formation um, at the seminary and for spiritual formation at the seminary there. And he does online classes of spiritual direction. He works with Theology of the Body Institute. He's written several books and uh, just lovely. If you get a chance to ever see him on video, which you're just going to hear his voice now, but if you get a chance to see him on video, you're going to love it. So without further ado, we want to welcome to the Abiding Together podcast for the first time ever, Father Boniface Hicks. Thanks. So good to be with you. I've been looking forward to this, so I really appreciate the invitation and the chance to be with you and and your so many listeners. I keep hearing from everybody how important abiding together is for them and their spiritual life, and it's a real lifeline for a lot of people. So, so grateful for the the wonderful work that you do. Mm. Thanks, Father. It's so good to finally have you here. I know mm-hmm. we were trying to get you on last season and just with our schedules and all that, it didn't work out. So mm-hmm. really grateful that you're here with That's us today. Awesome. Well, first of all, Father, we need to get this out of the way. This is the most important thing you're going to talk about all day. How do you take your coffee? Okay. Or what is your beverage of choice? Let's just get that out there right now. So. <laughs> well, I do drink a lot of coffee. It has become just mm-hmm. a beverage. I wish I could say that caffeine did anything for me <laughs> anymore, but it it honestly doesn't. I can have an espresso and then take a nap. But <laughs> I drink coffee from, in all different forms. I've got an AeroPress. I've got a pour over. I've got an espresso. I've got a Vietnamese thing over here on the mm. shelf. I've got an Italian espresso maker. I've got normal drip coffee. All kinds of coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> I do too. I, I love, love this. I know. <laughs> you know I wish our listeners could see, like, because we're recording and he has his uh, office behind him and is like filled with books. And I'm like trying to see, like, what books does he have on his bookshelves? But I will pay attention. <laughs> so it's good. What a gift to have him. Father, we would love to hear just before we dive into our topic, which I'm really excited about our topic for today, but we would love to just hear a little bit about your life, if you could share that with our listeners, and maybe like a pivotal moment when you had an encounter with the Lord and maybe how that led to your priesthood. And yeah. Well, it's actually very relevant to our topic today. The kind of pivotal moment for me was when I was studying in Germany and really heard, really recognized God's voice in my heart for the first time. And It was in that experience that I realized it was possible to have a personal relationship with him. And that was a life-changing moment. It's when I started thinking about the priesthood precisely for the point of dedicating my life to sharing the gift of prayer. So you're actually helping me to fulfill that original grace that (laughs) set me moving in this direction. Before that, I, I grew up as an unbaptized person. Eventually, I would have said atheist. Not that I was real hardened in that, but I just never had a positive Christian witness. I didn't think Christianity was serious or religion was serious. I thought all well-adjusted people got along without God. (laughs) And that was the attitude I took to college at Penn State. I met some Catholics who were still going to mass and studying science and engineering. They couldn't really witness to me. But about a year after I went to Penn State, a total stranger came up to me and invited me to study the Bible with him one-on-one. And really authentic, humble witness, beautiful person. And I was sort of open enough at that point to philosophy, transcendence, something I was exploring a bit in college. And so I thought I'd give him a try, although I thought I'd dismiss him after one meeting. (laughs) And in the end, we met weekly for months. I really had a a kind of first breakthrough with the prologue of the Gospel of John, That opened up my heart in a new way that I I saw a truth in Christianity I hadn't recognized before. I started going to Mass at that point, 
And then after about a, a year of going to Mass, I had this experience studying in Germany, and that was the really pivotal point, recognizing God's voice in my heart. And I heard for the first time when I just uh, shared this with you, but I had to say recognize because although I didn't even know that this was a thing, having a relationship with God, even as I had been practicing Christianity for about a year at that point, I recognized in that moment when I knew it was God and also that it was familiar. Hmm. It was a voice that had been there. Mm -hmm. And I could use more theological language around that now. I've had the last uh, 26 years to reflect on this experience. But in any event, I, I went back from Germany, having had a really beautiful time of relating with the Lord. I just started sharing everything with him, I asking him about everything, you know, like, what should I have for lunch today? Which way should I go to class today? I mean, <laughs> and he was so sweet with me, just really giving me a, a lot of attention in that time. But I went back to Penn State then after that study abroad, went into RCIA, was baptized at the Easter Vigil in 97, and then uh, entered the monastery in 98. So I've been a monk at St. Vincent. Whoa, that was a quick process. I Really, that, that pivotal moment in Germany was what set my course. Wow. I mean, I, I just really, really directed me towards uh, giving my life and the process of finding the monk. So the, the monks at uh, the campus ministry at Penn State is run by our monks okay. from St. Vincent. So the priest who baptized me is now one of my confreres. Mm. And uh, oh, wow. he brought me on a vocation visit the weekend after my baptism. But I was already seriously uh, discerning the priesthood even before I was baptized. That is so. beautiful. Gosh, that is so beautiful. Amazing. So, Father, when you are teaching people how to pray, because you're a very gifted spiritual director, I hear from many, many people. But when you're teaching people how to pray, how do you even begin? Like, how do you even begin saying, like, Father, you know, it tells us in Scripture, Father, teach us to pray. So how do you teach your people how to pray? I only take directees who are very advanced. And so I don't do that. No, uh, <laughs> There's no hope for any of us. Makes it There's a lot no easier, really. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am blessed with very beautiful directees, I have to say. Mm -hmm. So I, I do more teaching in in other contexts, I suppose, than than in uh, than in spiritual direction. But you know, a first step for anyone is is making space. And I now have in my mind what Heather shared with us, which I think is so beautiful. I really should ask her. She's uh, she's more qualified to do these beginning teachings on prayer than I am, I think. But uh, but really creating space and. Silence is so important. It really helps to be together in that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, bringing a, a group of people before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament can be a very beautiful way to then silence the noise. It's nice to be together because we kind of hold each other's attention. <laughs> the temptation mm -hmm. to pick mm -hmm. up a phone or to get distracted with different things, mm, at idea. least a little bit of self consciousness can help us to keep the phone down and keep our attention on the Lord. And Hopefully it's not too much uh, self-consciousness, but just a little bit of, of attention that way. And then beginning to listen. So what I, what I was sharing about hearing the Lord for the first time in my own heart, you know, there is a, an echo of God's voice. And this is what St. John Henry Newman calls the conscience. Mm -hmm. That's his description of the conscience. Is the, he calls it the vicar of Christ in the soul, mm -hmm. or we could call it the echo of of the voice of God. And so we do have a capacity to hear him within us. We hear him speaking in our thoughts, and that's the part that can confuse us, or at least that needs to be uh, worked with a little bit. But when I, when I open a space for him, 
I'm in his presence. And then I'm always guiding people to pray with scripture as well. I think that Mm -hmm. just uh, reading from the gospel, reading slowly, reading a short passage, even the, the gospel for the day, and then asking the simple question, how do I see God's love for me in this passage? Mm-hmm. And, and having an expectation of a, a personal encounter. And, and, and of course, God's attitude is always love. Different people have to work through different things in terms of not always having the best experience of religion, of fatherhood. Of, you know, mm-hmm. There are a lot, of, a lot of wounds out there and a lot of challenges. But, but if, we can, if we can think of, if we can imagine a God who is love, He's speaking to us. He's entrusted his word to us, and he wants he wants to connect to us. He's initiated. And then we give it some space, some silence. Then that's a it's a good starting point for for beginning to tune into his voice, his mm. presence. It's beautiful. I appreciate, Father, how you're speaking about just a small beginning. And a lot, I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have time to pray, or I don't, I don't, I don't know the scriptures, or I don't have a degree, or I've got like six kids at home, or whatever that is. And I I appreciate, I have the privilege of being your student in, in a couple of your spiritual direction courses online, which I absolutely love. And I, you were just speaking, um, I think last night in the live class about the, the, the disposition of the heart, of the openness of the heart, of being willing to receive. And I, I think sometimes we probably make it more difficult mm-hmm. than it is. We can really complicate it with a number of things. And, and, I always, when I teach prayer, we're, we'll get to this uh, even more next week, although we talked about it a bit this week, sister. So nice mm-hmm. to have you in class. You know, we, we pray from our humanity. I think a lot of times we're, we're tempted when we start praying to exclude our humanity. Like I'm supposed to mm-hmm. act a certain way, have a certain posture, think a certain thing. I have to put my best foot forward. And there's something that's fine about that. If we think in terms of human relationships, which is another analogy that I use extensively because our relationship with God is a personal relationship, which we normally learn, which we always learn from human relationships. And so how do I start a new relationship? Well, I do tend to put my best foot forward. So there's nothing wrong with that. I I have a little bit of a script when I meet somebody for the first time. Hi, my name is, I'm from this place. And, And it's fine to start our prayer with some of those kinds of things too. As we continue our prayer, some of those things start to fall away. And then I need to be confident to bring all of the parts of myself. I'm also a big uh, internal family systems fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the different, the different parts of us, all of them have a place in my prayer, in my relationship with Jesus. And so to simplify things, I show up as I am. I pay attention to what's happening inside of me. I bring it into relationship with God. Mm. I do also, you just reminded me, the, uh, the praying like a pirate, I find is a nice little uh, acronym, <laughs> yeah. A-R-R-R, to uh, be aware of what's happening in me. It's a great starting point in prayer. Nothing's excluded. Nothing's off limits. Whatever I'm feeling, sadness, anger, distraction, whatever I'm thinking, all of it can be related to God. Uh, so the, the pray like a pirate, A, be aware, R, to relate whatever's going on in me to him. The next R is to receive from him. And that's another space. That's really what I was just describing is opening up that space for him to speak. What are the thoughts that come to me? What are the, what's my sense of how he would respond to that? And then my response to his, whatever he said to me. So aware, relate, receive, respond is a nice little structure for prayer. 
but, but yeah, it becomes more natural and we just hold our hearts before him in simpler and simpler ways over time. Mm. I love what you're saying there about mm. just coming as we are. You know, mm. I, I think as you were talking, I was like, oh, that's such a relief. I hope our listeners, some of you, I think <laughs> just need to go back and probably listen to that again and maybe just t- allow yourself to take a deep sigh of relief that that God wants to meet you right where you are and you don't have to put on a good face or, or like a fancy outfit or or pull yourself together before you can come to him that he's so accessible right now. But some of those false beliefs that we have about God, Mm -hmm. I think, become stumbling Mm -hmm. blocks for us to even know how to approach him. And to even begin with trusting that he wants to talk to us might be a big jump for some people. I'm just wondering, Father, could you just speak to that? Like, what do people do with with some of those those things that might be in the way? Or what are some other stumbling blocks that are common in prayer? Well, like I said, there are are sometimes residue of our own experience of relationships, especially with those key relationships in our life, father, mother, sometimes the priest, mm-hmm. the sister. And there's some of that residue that can come in that can be feelings of unworthiness, a feeling of mm-hmm. needing to prove myself, uh, an achievement mentality. I have to get my prayers said, get these things done. Some of these different pressures that can come in. But you you made me think in what you just shared about come as you are. And I'm thinking also of uh, mothers at home. And I've learned so much. One of my great joys is is having given uh, spiritual direction to a lot of mothers and learning from their mm-hmm. experience of nursing mm-hmm. a baby, uh, taking mm-hmm. care of little ones, even having a baby in the womb. I uh, worked that into a book that just came out in terms of uh, Mary's womb. But we can learn a lot. If we didn't receive it from our own parents, sometimes we can learn it from the ways that Mothers can learn it, fr- learn it from the ways that they parent or fathers from the way that they parent. And if you think of you know, a, a baby nursing or even a baby in the womb, that posture of total receptivity, what did that baby do to, to earn anything? And yet mm-hmm. is receiving this beautiful self-sacrificing love, time and attention. And, and we can let ourselves be that. Sometimes we feel a need for that. I just need to collapse in, in my father's arms. I just need to collapse it on my mother and just receive from her. Good, do that. So wherever you are, there's a way to relate that to God. And, and whenever we're feeling pressure to be something else, do something else that achieves mm-hmm. something, uh, a lot of time that's a, that's a place, well, that's often a protector, right? We need to mm-hmm. uh, help that protector to settle down a little bit, uh, send her off to do something else. Uh, and mm-hmm. and then connect with some of those simpler, littler parts of us. So bringing our poverty into prayer is uh, is one of the stumbling blocks, not feeling that our poverty is really lovable. I'm just so needy. I'm always mm-hmm. asking for things. I don't have anything to contribute. I don't know what to say. A lot of those kinds of feelings. And then we try to hold that down and we spend our whole prayer time holding that down rather than <laughs> recognizing that's a perfect place mm-hmm. to receive in. That, that poverty is... Uh, a near occasion of communion, uh, that poverty is a place <laughs> no, that we can that. really receive so a lot of love and mm-hmm. tenderness from the Lord. Uh, Father, I love it. I would love for you to explain to our listeners, just explaining like what we we're talking about, the protector and the manager. These are all internal family systems definitions, which have become really 
like a really good tool for the three of us in our healing journey, especially with the counselors mm-hmm. that we have worked with. And there's something in me, like I know personally, like there are little parts of me, especially like this four-year-old and five-year-old, I do not want to embrace that part of me. Like, I just want her to get over it, like, and move on. And like, and you know, my spiritual director really challenged me two weeks ago. And he said, if you do not embrace this part of poverty, you're actually blocking the Lord's love there. And I was really meditating on that like two days ago. And sister sent me something from the spiritual direction class. Like our areas of poverty are actually opportunities for communion. And it was just like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. Father, you said every, you said every personal weakness is a near occasion of communion. And I was like, I, I use the heck out of that healing little person this weekend. Like every personal weakness is a near occasion of communion. And it, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes, I'm like, yes, that's that like, I was rocking. I love, I prayed with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to kick that little girl part to the curb and the Lord's like, no, you yes. have to embrace her mm-hmm. or you can't experience the fullness mm-hmm. of what I have for you. So if you could give even definitions to some of internal family systems and how we integrate that into our faith prayer life, that would be lovely. Well, I have to give credit to Christopher Lafitte, yes. our friend, whose uh, phrase I stole the near occasion <laughs> of communion. I our weakness, it. our poverty. Yeah. It's uh, something he got from me that I got from him. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be, right? Yeah. It's really such a wonderful journey learning our parts, I think. You just shared mm-hmm. uh, vulnerably with us about a couple of yours. And, and uh, there's some little parts of me. Uh, there, there is a little child in me as well that just likes to be held, that uh, likes to be cuddled. And that uh, connecting with that in my prayer is can be a very sweet place to pray. I, I have achiever parts. I have thinker parts. And and they like to be involved too. Uh, sometimes people will kind of zip past the protectors to try to get to the exiles. and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the. But actually loving the protectors is also an a, important value of internal family systems. But just to say a word about the model, I, IFS divides uh, these different parts of ourselves. And, you know, we use this language a lot sometimes we talk about like head and heart. Mm -hmm. So that might be a place that people connect to. I'm in my head or I'm in my heart Mm -hmm. and I want to get in my heart. So Mm -hmm. those are really two different parts. My head actually has some heart to it and my heart actually has some head to it because they're really like little sub-personalities. And that would be an example. And sometimes we experience that, well, if I feel kind of vulnerable or threatened in my heart, I go into my head. So this is an experience that I think a lot of people can relate with pretty immediately. And again, there is a place to be in our heads. Our heads do good things. We can think about things, but we don't want to do that just uh, in a way of exiling, is an IFS term for exiling our hearts, that in order to protect ourselves, we push this thing down that we don't think is safe in a particular context. So how does that come up in prayer? Well, again, if my sense of God is that he's kind of demanding like my father and he really responds best to, to good report cards, then I can be tempted to try to come up with complicated meditations or I can hmm. try to prove myself to him with certain prayer formulas or I can start to have, you know, maybe it's an achievement, a perfectionist kind of protector that comes out and I can end up pushing down some of the parts of me that are a little bit more vulnerable, receptive, that can receive love, that are willing to be cuddled, that can find a place in my father's arms. So being aware of different parts that are happening in us can really be a, a great help. And, and as I said, 
uh, really we end up relating all of our parts to God in prayer. They all come in in different ways. And what I described in terms of praying with scripture, I, I have some thinking parts and some learning parts and they get excited to have something to do. I give them some scripture. We look up a little Greek, you know, and uh, have a mm-hmm. fun making some connections between passages. But <laughs> then I'm always asking myself the question as I read, as I said, how do I see God's love for me? And that has a way of of activating, bringing forth some of those littler parts of me that are able to relate and to receive love, to be loved, to be cared for, to be uh, weak and needy, and to find in my father one who provides for me. And so passage can kind of open my heart in uh, in some of those ways. Mm, That's beautiful. I really think that's had to, that has to be how Jesus ministered Mm -hmm. of even as he speaks to his disciples and sinners and, and saying hard things that he says them in love and it's through the love that we can respond. And that, like you've often said that that's the, the love is the heart of all things. Like that it is always the response of love. And I, I'm wondering today as people are listening and there's probably people listening right now that have never heard anything like this and deeply want to pray or have maybe feel like, Oh, I tried that. It didn't really work for me. <laughs> you know, just the different things that we do. What do you think something today, father, that people could, take from our conversation, just begin to put into practice. You know, we're all about like the one small thing. What would be something in that regard, whether they're familiar with this or not, that they could begin with? I would uh, make an invitation for our listeners to pick up a Bible and open to Psalm 139. And just the first verses of that Psalm uh, kind of orient things in the right way. Lord, you search me and you know me. And and it speaks to us about a God who actually wants to know us. A lot of times there are also wounds of not feeling understood, not feeling pursued, not feeling uh, desired or that anybody's interested. Lord, you search me and you know me. And and to try and make that psalm a prayer, pray it very slowly. You may only get through, I probably can't get through more than about three verses of that anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not about reaching the end of the psalm, but but praying it slowly and, and allowing it to open something up in the heart. You, you know, my resting and my rising. God, God is actually paying that mm-hmm. much attention to our lives. We, we captivate him and he has great desire for us. You know, whether I w- walk or lie down, all my ways lie open to you. You know me, Lord, through and through. And, and in that is permission because... He already knows us. What are we trying to hide from him? What are we trying to keep from him? Let him see all of the things, and and that can help to bring some things up. So in in a concrete way, I just would invite that kind of relational connection. And and maybe I would say just uh, one step before that, if you can use your imagination, you know, Mm -hmm. imagination's a good thing. And, And maybe whether it's sitting in a place in your house, close the door, try to, as much as possible, prevent uh, interruptions and, and give yourself 10 or 15 minutes. And, and then imagine Jesus sitting there or the Heavenly Father sitting there, whatever comes to your mind. St. Joseph, Our Lady, it's uh, also fine. But, and, and then just praying through those, those words to let yourself be seen and known and loved, affirmed, and allow some of that to settle in. So so that'd be my, my, my simple uh, little mm-hmm. step, which can open up to a big step, but uh, can start mm-hmm. as a little step. 
I love how you're reframing maybe some people's understanding of prayer where we can look at mm-hmm. it like, well, here's all the stuff I have to do. Like I got to, mm-hmm. I got to get in my devotions. I got to pray my rosary. I got to, and those are wonderful, powerful forms of prayer. But what I hear very strongly and what you're saying today is primarily we need mm-hmm. to allow ourselves to be loved. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. then that is prayer. Like just bringing all of these places before God and allowing him to love us there. Is that, is that coming through? Is, is that what you're wanting to <laughs> say? Because I feel like that's all I'm hearing from you right now, which is like really warming my heart. I was like, wow, doesn't that make me want to just run to the chapel right now yes. or, or just like hide away with the Lord for a little while? So it's so um, mm-hmm. enticing when mm-hmm. it when it's framed that way. And and maybe I would start even one step back from that as well for, for some of our uh, listeners that if you feel a little bit intimidated about this, if you feel like even picking up the scripture or trying to relate in this way is something new and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. then say that. So again, it's starting right where you are. Lord, I, I feel uncomfortable. God, I feel uncomfortable. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I liked what Father Boniface and the three lovely ladies on Abiding Together were sharing this afternoon, and I just want to try it, and I'm not quite sure where to start. Just that honesty. I want to pray. I want mm. to know you more. Just mm-hmm. that honesty. The Lord mm-hmm. loves that. So so wherever mm-hmm. we are, really nothing is excluded. Wherever we are, just to bring that into relationship mm. with him and, and let him love us there. And I love what you said at the very beginning. It's just making space, whatever space that you can, whether it's five, 10 mm-hmm. minutes, whether it's that, just making space especially for young adult women that I usually have when I'm teaching them how to pray. I'm always like, just make space and get in front of the blessed sacrament for 10 minutes. I'm always like, just start small and then grow. And it was interesting. I love what you also said about imagination because I just had a girl and she had a very horrific father experience and had been hurt very deeply also by a couple members of the church also. So the whole thing about father was such mm. a stumbling block for her, like to come with that image of a father. And it was a real, and so I was like, okay, Lord, help me. Like I need to her to have a good visual image of the father. So finally, and this is where it says in the catechism, the Holy Spirit is the master of the interior life and he will direct. So I was like, is there mm. any image of a father, like from a movie or a TV series that you love? And she was like, Charles Wilder from Little House mm-hmm. on the Prairie. I'm like, bingo, Little House, like he's the great one. <laughs> yes. And yes. she's like, I always wanted to be Laura Ingalls. It, I wanted to be half height. And I just like started tearing up. I'm like, okay, start there because he has characteristics of our heavenly father. Well, the characteristics you love in Charles are the characteristics, you know, are in our heavenly father. And just use your imagination there that he, the, our father in heaven looks at you like Charles Ingalls looks at Laura Ingalls in Little House on the Prairie. And it was beautiful. And that is just amazing. The Lord will use any means to baptize our imagination, mm. but to just to demonstrate his love for us, you know, because that's how he looks upon us, you know, in a beautiful Mm. way. So thank you for that, Father. So true. That's really, really beautiful. And sometimes people will have some anxieties about like, well, is it really like that? You know, is that just make-believe? Am I just making that up because that's what I want to think? The fact is he actually looks at at her with infinitely more love. Exactly. Than Mm -hmm. on Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) (laughs) Infinitely more. So wherever your starting point is, great. Start there. That's the, that's the basement. Oh, I love that. So the sky Mm. is the limit. You can't out imagine, you can't imagine God being more loving Mm. than he actually is. So whatever you can imagine, Mm. start there. That's beautiful. Mm. Wow. If I can, uh, 
uh, things are, are flowing in. If I can make one yeah. more comment to our listeners, maybe praying, trying this. If you do it and you just said, uh, Michelle, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Also, I want to be really careful to affirm if you did it, it was already mm -hmm. good prayer. So sometimes we can come in with expectations like, well, when I do this thing, it's supposed to work like this. And then I was there for 10 minutes and it didn't happen. And now mm. I just, I'm just a failure. I'll never get this right. If you did it, it was good mm. prayer. And, good. and so it doesn't need to become something else. You mm. gave him the time. You, you opened your heart. You, you tried to reach him. That's so pleasing mm. to him. It's already pleasing to him and, and is already beautiful prayer. So uh, start there and, and try not to, to judge or compare or whatever other, uh, is there some other manager protectors <laughs> going on there to uh, keep us in line. But uh, yeah, if you, if you did it, it's already good prayer. That's great advice. Mm. Father, can we just keep this going for two more hours? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's so good. I'm glad we get to have you back next week. We want to we want to honor your time today. But we just want to ask you before we offer our one things, Father, you wrote you've written several books, which are all really beautiful, but your recent book is about Our Lady, about the fruit of her womb. Could you tell us a little bit about that? And you endorsed it. I did. <laughs> it was lovely. I, how could I not? Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> it's a it's a 33 day consecration to Jesus and uh, through Mary. So I I follow uh, Louis de Montfort's structure, uh, but I provide all of my own readings and reflections, and I do a little bit of a shift. So the thematic shift throughout the book is moving from the concept of slavery, which Louis de Montfort talks about. I just think you can't do slavery well in America. So uh, moving away from the concept of slavery, I take up a different image, actually of Augustine, but repeated by Louis de Montfort, that every Christian is in the womb of Mary until being born into mm -hmm. eternal life. And mm -hmm. so I just continue that meditation. Being in the womb is actually a more radical surrender than slavery anyway. But it has the, it, it, it always holds it together with the, image of tenderness, sweetness, love, attention, which is not necessarily there in slavery. So we do surrender. We trust Our Lady. We, we trust Jesus also, who is there with us in the womb, we could say, but we're always embraced by her. So it kind of carries through that theme of being in the womb of Mary and then follows de Montfort's structure of emptying of the spirit of the world, a week of knowledge of self, knowledge of Mary, knowledge of Jesus, and then coming to a consecration. And then I I reworded the consecration just slightly around that shift as well. So I try to be pretty faithful to demand for it, but applying that, bringing that forward. And the, the readings are from our, our recent popes and also several saints. And it's kind of like my greatest hits uh, collection, <laughs> uh, things that I've really been moved by and loved and just from sort of delighted to share with. Uh, oh, with that's people. beautiful. It's awesome. deeply wonderful. Well, Father, I'm not sure if you've ever listened to our podcast before. We don't assume anybody has. Uh, we have at the end of our show, we have a one thing for the week. And it's from the very serious to the trivial of everything from recipes to nature to music to books and um, something that's like just your one thing for the week. So I'm going to let you think about that. And I'm going to ask Heather and Michelle first. So Michelle, what is your one thing for the week? My one thing is three things, but I'll do them really quickly <laughs> is um, I do want to recommend Father Boniface has written many good books, but his book on St. Joseph, I think I've, I've, it's been my one thing before on the podcast. I highly recommend it. It's been, it was beautiful. After my father passed away last year, that book was just so tender to me. Like it was beautiful. And he has an amazing book on personal prayer. And, um, that is really, 
just also such a good mm. blueprint and roadmap. And my third thing is college football is back and all God's church said, amen. Thank you. Yes. Thank Praise you. The Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. And so that is my <laughs> one for the week, yeah. but we'll make sure we post all the links to Father Boniface's books in our show notes. Heather, what about you? Uh, there's an old song by Hillsong United that has just been rolling around in my mind and just in my own personal worship called Heart of God. And so I'll just put it in the show notes. And if anybody wants to take a listen to it, they can. I really appreciate the simplicity of the theme of that song and just the surrender to Jesus. And there's some lines in there just straight out of scripture about how his, his mercy leads and his kindness lead us to repentance. And so anyway, hopefully, hopefully that'll bless some people. How about you, sister? Well, Father Boniface, we're going to blow up your book feed today. So I was going to be, I was going to have your personal prayer. Sorry, you didn't tell me. We're just going (laughs) to, fine, whatever. Okay, fine. Then I'm just going to be something different. No, actually, so Father Boniface and I have known each other for many, many years. We go back a long way. And a couple of years ago, I was doing a retreat out in Latrobe and Father, their their renovation, their guest quarters were under renovation and there was horror of all horrors, no coffee pot for me. And so, I mean, I wasn't sure how we were going to survive and it was very Mm. problematic. (laughs) I almost died. Mm -hmm. Father Boniface had a little arrow press. It's like this travel French press. We just put a little filter in and then this collapsible hot water pot. And he gave me his very own travel French press and hot water pot so I could survive. That thing, Father Boniface, has saved me in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. <laughs> I take it everywhere. And I'm like, where has this been my whole life? So I just like, like awesome. get off the arrow press. I just like, I love it. It's just so wonderful. I remember so. we were traveling to an event and I didn't have coffee in the hotel and I texted her and she's like, well, yes. I already yes. have my own little pot. I'm like, whatever, vow of poverty, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I have prayed for you so much for that. Like, yeah, that, that, that changed my life. It's one of the few things in my life like that that literally changed my life. Anyway, so all that to say, hashtag first world problems. All right, Father Boniface, dear friend, what is your one thing for the week? Wow, we're just going to end up forming a mutual admiration society here. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so touched by that. I'm so happy that I've I've made it into your travels. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true that the Benedictine goes yeah. everywhere the soul sister goes, That's right? Great. So it's like I love it. Wow. Well, I was going to say getting an email from you about being on this podcast was uh, one thing for Aww. me this week. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was a real blessing. I I was sad that we didn't work it out last spring, and uh, just really delighted to be here with you. And I'll tell you the actual experience of recording the podcast with you is even better than the anticipation. So this is really, uh, yeah, this is really a gift. Just enjoyed the time with you. And we get to do it again in a couple days. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for being a guest today. And also next week we get to talk about discernment of spirits, which I know is really going to bless people. So until then, dear friends, just to open your heart and hear whatever God's speaking to you today. We just hope it blessed you and the Lord and his deep love for you comes to deep places. And so thank you for joining us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. 
We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a Tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.